Amen. Well, we're going to go to the word of the Lord. Amen. The Lord began to talk to me yesterday about this service, and um, we're going to we're going to talk to you a little bit about Father's Day. I, uh, when when I can, I like to preach along the lines of whatever's going on, but the Lord doesn't always want it to be that way. But yesterday, He really began to deal with me, and uh, I want to share with you what I feel that He's put upon my heart. We're going to turn to a familiar passage of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going to read two verses of Scripture here, Isaiah chapter 9. Now again, as you can tell, I am really struggling with my voice, and we've got got folks out of town uh, for this Father's Day, and uh, so I need the rest of you to uh, give me some double amens. How's that? Praise God. Just somebody make up your mind for each one that's missing today. You're going to shout amen for them too. So, so whenever you say amen, just add a second one in there for somebody that's missing, and, and I'll, I'll feel better. That was only one. All right, all right. Just make sure you're getting the instructions now. Praise God. Amen. All right, Isaiah chapter 9. Familiar verses of Scripture. Um, I've, I've used this many, many times. And, of course, I'm, I'm getting a reputation as a one God preacher. And uh, I kind of like that reputation. In fact, I really like that reputation. I wouldn't want to be anything else but a one God preacher. But I'm really not going to preach about the Godhead today. I'm really not, even though this is the verse that we are looking at. That's not my subject for today. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. The prophet writes this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name, His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. Isaiah 9 and 6, most of us, I think, could quote it. If you can't quote it, you need to memorize it. You need to be able to quote it. Now, I didn't say give me half the amens. I said give me twice as many. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you you can't quote Isaiah 9 and 6, you need to work on memorizing it. All right, that sounds a little bit better. We'll, we'll get it down, hopefully, before I get through today. And uh, so when, when we look at Isaiah 9, 6, I just want to make mention of this before, we, before I even announce my title today. The, the prophet said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called. Now, I, I want to point out something to you that, that to, to the Hebrew people, many times, and, and you look at this, 
you know that wonderful's not a name. And counselor's not a name. But when they used this phrase, as they did here in, in Isaiah, as Isaiah did in chapter 9, when he said his name shall be called, he's really talking about that this is his character. This is his identity. We talked about many weeks ago Jacob having his name changed and uh, because the name speaks of the identity and the character of the individual involved. And so here's what the prophet said about this one that would come, that this is his character. Amen. This is who he is. This is his identity. He is wonderful. He is a counselor. Now, I don't want to, I know you're standing, I don't want to get into all of this, but when I got to look at that word counselor, it really speaks of, of someone in a position of, of, of high rank. And uh, it is one that would advise kings. Amen. The wisdom that he possesses, uh, he could give direction to the mighty men of the earth. And that's what this word counselor is. And that's exactly what Jesus is. Amen. He's the mighty God. He's the mighty God. He's not a weak God. He's the mighty God. He's all powerful. That's his nature. That's his character. Amen. And he is the everlasting father. And that word everlasting really is eternal. It is, it is, he is a father of eternity and throughout eternity he's everlasting amen he is the everlasting father and he is the prince of peace amen praise God that's who he is that's what he does amen I could teach on each of these today but I'm going to focus on this one uh, title that is given to him to identify his character on this Father's Day, I want to talk to you about the everlasting Father. The everlasting Father. Praise God. Amen. I'm glad to know He is the everlasting Father. Praise God. Amen. Would you put your Bibles down? Lift your hands. Lift your voices. I need a touch from God today. I desperately need... God's touch. Would you pray for me? Let's pray together right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, God, I come to you seeking your peace, God, needing you to in a very desperate way. I've got to have the help of God. Lord, would you anoint me today, God? Lord, I've got word. The Lord God, I need it, God, and this people need to be fed. They deserve, oh God, nourishment from your word, and I want to feed them, God. That which you've given to me. Help me, Lord Jesus, I pray. We give you praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Could we worship the Lord together, everyone? Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. I praise your name, God. I thank you for your presence here today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, I am 
I am an old man. And uh, I was born in 1960. And uh, our nation was in an upheaval in the 1960s and the 1970s. And things changed course for the worse during that period of time. Amen. It was at that time that, that uh, people began what is now known as the sexual revolution. Amen. And one of the very many consequences of this revolution was the increase in single family homes. Amen. And most of those single family homes, unfortunately, are women. They are left to raise the children through no fault of their own. Amen. The societal taboo that used to exist on extramarital affairs has been removed. And now it's just do whatever feels good and there's no consequence. Don't, don't try to control someone's life by telling them that to live together is sin or, or to, to have a relationship outside of marriage is sin. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what the world has declared. The word of God still stands sure. Amen. And what was a sin in 1950 is still a sin in 2021. Amen. Amen. And so more and more women uh, are finding themselves, uh, amen, to be with children. And there is no father that is there that is uh, present to help to raise that child. I found some startling statistics uh, in, in my research. Uh, one site said for decades the share of U.S. children living with a single parent has been rising, accompanied by a decline in marriage rates and a rise in birth outside of marriage. A new Pew Research study of 130 countries and territories shows that the U.S., listen to this, the United States has the world's highest rate of children living in single-parent households. Out of all of the countries in the world, uh, this country that was founded as a Christian nation uh, now leads the world uh, in single-parent households. Amen. Help me here a little bit this morning, would you? Amen. And I'm not blaming the women. I, I, I'm going to talk to the fathers here today for a little while. Praise God. Amen. I, th listen, I'm, I want to keep reading. It says, almost a quarter. Almost one-fourth of U.S. children under the age of 18 live with one parent uh, and no other adults. Uh, amen. Almost. It actually, the number they gave is 23%. Amen. Almost a fourth. Uh, that's more than three times the share of children around the world who live in this condition. Amen. The, the, the average around the world is only 7%. But it's 23% in the United States. Amen. This study, it analyzed how people's living arrangements differ by religion. And listen to this. They found that United States children from Christian and religiously unaffiliated families are about equally likely to live in this kind of a situation. 
Even though they call themselves Christians, uh, amen, there are men that are going and causing women to have babies and not staying around to raise them. Well, praise God. Amen. Let me just preach from my heart for a little while here as I get to where I want to go. Amen. In comparison, 3%, only 3% of the children in communist China live in a single parent home. Only 3%. And we've got more than, or right at eight times that amount. Amen. Here in the United States. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 4% of the children in Nigeria and 5% of children in India live in single parent households. Amen. I'm telling you, there are many, many studies that have proven the ill effects of the absence of a father. Amen. One example, and I'm quoting from various sites, and I can give you the, the, the details after service if you want them, but, but I don't want to muddy the waters right now. I just, I've got the footnotes here. Amen. But one study said boys without fathers are 10 times more likely to go to prison when they get older. Something about the stabilizing factor of having a father in the household. Amen. Another example said this. Uh, children who grow up with involved fathers are twice as likely to go to college and find stable employment. Five times less likely to commit suicide. Four times less likely to live in poverty. And 80% less likely to be incarcerated if they just had their father around. Amen. This is not a race issue. Did you hear what I said? This is not a race issue. This is an issue of a failure. Amen. To make a commitment. It's an issue of men refusing to be the men that God wants them to be. Has nothing to do with the color of their skin. And don't let anybody tell you that that's what it is. I'm just here to tell you we got a problem in America of men that don't want to be committed. They don't want to do their job. They don't want to carry out their duties. They're not interested in responsibility. They just want a fling that they can forget about and move on. Well, it's the truth. If ever there was a time. When men need to step up to the plate and be men, it's right now. Children need a father. I said children need a father. And I'm talking about a real father. I'm not talking about some woman that's had surgery and calls herself a father. I don't want to get into all of that nonsense, but... <clears throat> But it's nonsense. It's nonsense. That's what it is. Amen. I'm telling you. Amen. They need a true father in their lives. There are valuable lessons which only a father can teach his children. I'm not, I'm not down on the ladies. Amen. I, I, I'm trying to get through to the 
dads today. I'm trying to make a stand and let men know that there is a responsibility that's riding on your shoulders. Amen. You've got a job to do. There are things that you can teach those children. Amen. That nobody else can teach them. God created male and female for a reason and he intends for that separation to remain that way at all times. Praise God. God did not create anybody to change their gender or to try to be like another gender. God created men to be men and women to be women and God put something of value in the heart of women and something of value in the heart of men and each of these parents has a responsibility and a job to do. There are things that only a mom can teach. There are things only a mom can teach. But today's not Mother's Day. Today's Father's Day. So let me work on the dads here today. There are things that only you can teach. I, I had a long, long, long list uh, here of scriptures from the book of Proverbs. But I found it interesting when I started looking at how many times uh, uh, Solomon, as he was writing the book of Proverbs, that he spoke not as a king, but as a father. He gave specific instructions as a father. Amen. Now, I've deleted a lot of these verses. So if you think this is lengthy, just be thankful I took out a bunch of them. Amen. Praise God. But, but let me go through a few things because I believe that these statements that Solomon made to his son, amen, give us insight into the various life lessons that every father ought to be teaching uh, their children. Amen. Let's start Proverbs 1 verse 8. My son... Hear the instruction of thy Hear father. the instruction of thy father. And forsake and not, the, forsake law of not the law of thy mother. Proverbs three and one. My son, forget not forget my law. Forget not my law. Now again notice he's starting at my son. He's speaking to his son in all of this. And here's the here is what he says to him Forget not my law. Let thine, heart keep, Let thine my heart keep my commandments. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 10. Hear, O my Hear, son, O my son and receive my sayings. And the years of thy life shall be many. Now listen, the first thing that I see here is Solomon is saying, you've got to learn to be obedient. You can't always do what you want to do. Well... Amen. I, I'm telling you, it's just a different world. I know I sound like an old fogey. I don't care if I sound like an old fogey. I've said before I waited 61 years to become a grumpy old man. It's my turn. Just get out of the way and get ready. Praise God. Amen. I know I sound like uh, the, the men of old when I say things like this, but I'm telling you, it's a different world that we're living in today. Amen. They, we, we are raising generations of children that believe that if I want it, that's all that matters. If it's good for me, that's all that matters. I don't have to know restraint. I don't have to know discipline. All all I have to do is ask for what I want. And if you don't get it, I'll go find somebody. And I'll report you to the agencies. And I'll accuse you of abuse. And they'll come lock you up. And moms and dads are scared to discipline their children anymore. Amen. But Solomon says to his son, be obedient. You can't always do what you want to do. You can't. Amen. 
And then he goes on to say, the years of your life will be many. If you'll do this, if you'll learn obedience, he said, you'll live a whole lot longer life if you'll just learn obedience. Well, praise God. Amen. All right, let's go on. That's, that's lesson number one. Be obedient. Uh, let's, let's get another one. Proverbs 1.10. My son, if sinners entice, if sinners entice thee, consent thou, consent thou not. And then uh, chapter 1, verse 15. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. So number one was be obedient. Number two is be careful. Because the company you keep will affect your lifestyle. I'm here to tell you the people you run around with are going to affect your attitude. They're going to affect your spirit. Amen. I'm not saying that we need to go and live in a monastery somewhere and never be uh, around sinners. I'm not saying that. But I'm going to tell you, you shouldn't be spending the majority of your time with people that don't love God and that don't care about the things of God. Because I'm telling you, my friend, it will rub off on you. It will affect the way you see the world. It's going to drag you down spiritually. Be careful. Be careful. Amen. Because the, the company you keep will affect your lifestyle. Amen. The third lesson, Proverbs 3, verse 11. My son, despise not the chasing of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. Yeah, lesson number three is simply this. Accept discipline. It's for your own good. It's for your own good. See, th listen, all of this that's been going on in the world bleeds over into the church. And you get generations of people that have never really known discipline. And the only discipline they've ever experienced, amen, if they if they're, they're, uh, do something wrong, go to your room. I'm going to send you to your room. And the room has got uh, Xbox and got PlayStation and got, and, and you know what? That means it's party time. I did wrong, so I get to party. Well, don't sit on me now. I'm telling you the truth. I actually knew of a man. Amen. He could not control his children in church. Well, he could, but he wouldn't control his children in church. And, and they lived right beside the church. And so what would happen? The kids would start acting up and he'd say, stop, stop, stop. And they wouldn't stop. And so finally mama would get them all and she'd walk next door to the house and then they'd play the rest of the day. So you know what they did? Every service they acted up. Well... And I'm going to tell you, it all bleeds over into the church. So when the pastor gets up and starts to preach, people don't want to be corrected. Don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. Just make me feel good about myself. Don't get on things that I'm doing. Don't deal with things, uh, amen, that are wrong. Uh, just leave me alone. Uh, I just want to play. Oh, listen to me, my friend. we got to learn to accept discipline. Because it's for your own good. It's for your good. The Bible said if God does not discipline you, you're really not his child. You're really not his child. Amen. Amen. So accept discipline. Lesson number three, accept discipline because it's for your own good. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 20. Why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? Now, again, I want you to notice in each of these that I'm reading, he says, my son, he's He's giving lessons as a dad to his son. And he's saying, there's some things I need to teach you. And one of the things that he's teaching here, and lesson number four, keep yourself morally clean. 
I don't care if the world says it's okay. It's not okay. Well, hallelujah. I'm telling you, and I'm just going to be blunt and bold this morning. God is the one that created sex. But I'm telling you, he created it to be within the confines of marriage. Don't get out there and defile yourself. Don't get out there, amen, and sleep around. I'm here to tell you today, you've got to be morally pure. You've got to get a hold of yourself and learn some self-control. Well... Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I remember hearing my old pastor's wife tell about listening to the radio one day. And there was a girl that called in. And she was, uh, I don't remember her age, but up in her late teens. And she was telling the radio host, because they were talking about, this has been many, many years ago. They were talking about all the fornication Everything that's going on, of course, they don't call it that. They didn't call it that on the radio. But, but she called in and she said, I want to tell you something. She said, there's a lot of peer pressure that's on me to become like everybody else. She said, I am still pure. I am still a virgin. And there's a lot of peer pressure. She said, but you know what I tell them when they come to me? Anytime I want to, I can be what you are. But you'll never be what I am again. Well, hallelujah. I'm telling you, my friend, we got to learn. Amen. Don't listen to the voices of this old world. Don't listen, amen, to what the world is saying about it. We got to learn how, amen, to control our bodies, amen, and keep ourselves morally clean. Amen. I'm telling you, we, we've got a generation where moms and dads open their homes for kids to bring their boyfriends and girlfriends in. Well, it's just the way it's going to be. Well, that is the way it's going to be if you're going to allow it. Well, I didn't intend to get this deep in any of this, but I'm here, so I don't apologize, and I'm not backing out now. Might as well just plod on, praise God. Amen. Let's, let's go on Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. And when thou art come into the hand of thy friend, go. Humble thyself and make sure thy friend. Now, now listen, this, this surety, what he's talking about is being a guarantor on a loan, a co-signer. That, that's really what he's talking about. It really is. He talks about surety. That's what he's saying. Amen. He's saying that you're going and you're guaranteeing that somebody else is going to pay or, or you're loaning money to them and, and, and you're, you're guaranteeing that they're going to give it back. And Solomon said, let me just give you some wisdom, son. Don't make guarantees that you might not be able to keep. Well, this is just practical right now, but, but I'm just telling you the truth. There's a whole lot of folks, they meant well, amen, they, they intended well, but they stick their neck out for somebody, and then the other person has no sense of commitment, and then you're the one left holding the bag, and then you got to try to pay it off for them. And I'm telling you, there's some wisdom in this. Don't be surety for your friend. Amen. I believe that if it's the will of God for them to have something, God will provide. And we don't have to violate scripture for God to provide. Well, all right, all right, all right. That, that really did not go very well, but it's the truth anyhow. Praise God. Amen. Proverbs 19, verse 27. Cease, my son, 
To hear the instruction that calls it to oh, air the yeah. words of knowledge. Yeah, cease, my son, to hear the instruction that calls it to air from the words of knowledge. Now, here's what he's saying. He said, you better compare all the advice you receive with God's word. If it didn't line up to the word of God, I don't care who they are. I don't care how smart they are. I don't care how successful they are. If what they're telling you does not line up with the word of God, then that's instruction that causes you to err. Amen. The words of knowledge are the words that are in this blessed black back book. Amen. Don't hear advice that does not line up with the word of God. Amen. It amazes me sometimes. I talk to people who get their lives in a mess. So why'd you do this? Well, I talked to so-and-so. You know, if so-and-so is not spiritual, they're not really praying and they're not loving God and they're not, that's probably not the person you need to be seeking advice from. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, I'm trying to get beyond this and get to where I really want to be here today, but I feel like I need to say these things today. I'm trying to help, amen, some dads. I'm trying to help some men learn. These are things you ought to be instilling in your children just like Solomon did. Amen. Proverbs 24, verse number 21, read. My son, fear thou the, fear Lord, the Lord and the king. And the king. And meddle not with them that are given to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, here's what he said to sum it up. He said, submit to authority. Whether it's spiritual or civil, just submit to authority. Learn how to be submissive. Amen. Praise God. Don't be meddling with those that are given to change. Those who want to say that's not the way it ought to be. Those that want to say he doesn't know what he's talking about. Those that want to say this is not the route we ought to take. He said don't get involved with those folks, but have a fear of God and of the king. Submit yourself to the authority that God has put in your life. Well, hallelujah. Now, I will tell you this. He did start with the Lord first. He didn't say fear the king and the Lord, but fear the Lord first and then the king. Because if the king tells you to do something different than what the Lord says, you don't obey that. You obey God and not man. It's another lesson for another day. Amen. But... Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's important. We got to understand where the higher authority is. We answer to the higher authority. That's why when a husband tells his wife, you can't go to church or you have to do this or you have to do that. Yeah, the Bible says she needs to submit herself to her husband. But the husband doesn't have the authority to go against the word of God. Amen. And so she uh, does not have to obey rules and regulations that are outside of the scripture. He doesn't have that authority. Children, amen, are to obey their parents. But notice what he said, in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. If your parents say don't pray, you don't have to obey that. I'm saying it today. You don't have to listen to that because there's a higher authority. There is an authority that is above all authorities. God is the highest authority that's out there. So what that means, dads, is that we need to learn what God says so we don't give instruction 
that goes against God's authority. Well, praise God. Amen. Amen. All right, let me read just a couple more here. Proverbs 23. Uh, let's read verse 15. Proverbs 23, verse 15. My son, if thine heart if be your wise, heart is wise, my heart shall rejoice, even mine. If your heart is wise, my heart's going to rejoice. Amen. Just a few verses later, same chapter, Proverbs 23, verses 24 through 26, read. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. The father rejoice. of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. He that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. And, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad. Your parents are going to be glad. She that bear thee shall rejoice. Yes. My son, give me my thine son, heart. My son, give me thine heart. And let thine and eyes, let thine observe, eyes my observe my ways. Now, here's what he said. He said, if you'll do the things I'm teaching you to do, amen, your parents are going to have reason to rejoice. Well, praise God. I was reminded. I was reminded yesterday. It's been 10 years ago. Amen. But my dear friend, uh, Pastor Brent Calvert, passed from this life. I was privileged to be standing at his bedside when he drew his last breath. Uh, the family had wanted me there, and I went in there. I was there, amen, with his, uh, with his wife and, and his dad, and uh, his mom has, had already passed. But, but Brother Calvert was there, amen, and I think uh, Michaela was in there, and Cameron was kind of struggling with all of it. I understand a young teenage boy and watching his dad pass away. And, but, but I was there standing at the bedside when, when Brother Calvert drew his last breath. And I'm going to tell you, I stood there and listened as his old dad began to recall, and he began to say some things, amen. He, he, he began to say, Brother Goff, I, I, I wrote it down. He began to say, he said, my son never caused me one moment's grief. He never did anything to make me ashamed. But always, he said, he made me a proud dad. Oh, I'm telling you. Then he went on to say, I just wish I could be as good as my son was. Oh, listen to me, friend. I want to tell you something. I, I knew Brother Brent Calvert didn't just become a good son just because he had something in him. But he had it that way because his dad put it in him. Amen. Praise God. Elder Calvert might stand there and say, I wish I could be what my son was but everything that his son was he learned from his daddy he learned it because his dad put it in him oh I'm telling you how wonderful it is to stand there at that bedside and know daddy's proud I hate to lose my boy I hate for him to be gone but I'm proud of the life that he lived I'm asking you today you young men that are here amen what are people gonna say about you when you pass on what are they gonna say are they still going to be proud of what you were or are they going to have to hang their head in shame oh God help me to pass something on to the next generation I want my children amen to live a life that will make me glad I want my grandchildren to live a life that will make me glad and you know what will make me glad there is no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth oh that's the greatest joy my children could give me it's the greatest Father's Day present I could ever get to. Amen. Is to see my children living for God and my grandchildren living for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why fathers need. 
to make up their mind. I'm going to be there for my kids. I'm going to be there. I'm telling you, Brother Brent Calvert would not have been the man he was if his daddy had not put some things in him. You hear me? Amen. He didn't get that way on his own. But there was a dad that was molding him, shaping him, training him by example. Amen. Living a life in front of him. Oh, God. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Amen. You've got to learn how. Amen. You've got to learn the fact that they're going to walk in your footsteps. They're going to learn to be exactly what you are. Amen. If you've got trouble coming to church, your children are going to have trouble coming to church. If you've got trouble praying, your children are going to have trouble praying. If you've got trouble submitting, your children are going to have trouble submitting. I'm telling you, they learn. Amen. They watch. They become what you are. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you somewhere, somehow, in the apostolic church, we need to have a different percentage. Amen. It ought to be 100%. Amen. Dads are committed. I'm going to be there for every step of the way. My job is not more important than my kids. My entertainment's not more important than my kids. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I remember many years ago, hallelujah, my family had come into the church finally after I'd been living for God for a while. They came into the church, and my dad was doing something that he really enjoyed, but he knew the preacher preached against it, but he really enjoyed doing it. He just, just couldn't seem to give it up. It was an amazing thing because he walked away from cigarettes before he even got the Holy Ghost. And he was a chain smoker. I think he smoked three packs a day. And, and he just laid them down without even the Holy Ghost. Just laid them down and walked away. But, but this, this, he enjoyed so much. He just couldn't give it up. He just couldn't give it up. And then one day my younger brother walked in. And while my dad was busy about his entertainment. And, and my brother said something to him. And my dad turned and snapped at him. And chewed him out for interrupting him while he was busy he doing what he enjoyed doing amen and then when my little brother tucked his head and walked out of the room my dad said his heart smote him and he said if that's what this causes me to do to my family I'm getting rid of it right now and he got rid of it that day I'm telling you something's got to happen in our hearts there ought to be nothing amen that's more important to us than our families Oh, God, I feel like preaching today. Amen. We call Noah a success, but he didn't win anybody except his three sons and their wives and his wife. That's all he won, but he was a success. Oh, God, help me. I want to win my family. I want my family to live for God. I want to be an example. Amen. To my family. I want them to learn how to pray. Because they've seen daddy pray. I want them to learn the importance of reading the scripture. Because they've seen daddy reading the scripture. I want them to learn how to worship. Because they've seen daddy worshiping. Amen. Amen. I made a commitment to my wife 40, almost 41 years ago. That said till death. Do us part. I'm here. 
Amen. You're stuck with me now. Amen. If you're going to pack your bags and leave, just pack mine too. I'm going wherever you're going. Amen. We're going to be together. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I've got my mind made up. Amen. I'm going to be there for my kids. They're going to know that daddy is available. They're going to know that daddy is around whenever they need me. Amen. When their heart's broken, I want to wipe their tears away. Amen. When they're confused, I want to give them counsel. Oh, somebody hear the burden of this heart today. Amen. I want to be there for my children when they need me. I don't want to be like so many fathers today. Children don't even know them. Don't know who they are or where they are. It's not the fault of the children. It's the fault of that father. That's right. Amen. Somewhere he failed to make a commitment. Amen. Fathers ought to make the promise. They'll always be there. Because who else is going to instill these virtues in their children? Fathers, make a promise to your families today. On this Father's Day, why don't you take some time to gather them around and just tell them, look, kids, I want you to know Daddy's not going anywhere. Amen. It doesn't matter how rough things get. I'm going to be here for you. You can count on me. And I know I'm preaching to people who didn't have a dad to raise them. And I'm sorry that you had to endure that. But I'm trying to fix it for the next generation. I can't fix what happened in the past. But I'm telling you, you can. You don't have to follow in those footsteps. You don't have to be like your dad was you don't have to abandon your family you can make a difference you can be a man and make a stand and be there when they need you there's one thing that a wife and children need to know is that the father will always be there amen unfortunately Way too many children will never know the blessing of having their father in their home. But I'm here today not to preach a negative message. I'm here today to give you some good news. And that good news is that anyone and everyone can know the blessing, amen, of having the father in their home. Amen. In fact, not just in their home, but in their heart. Amen. I'm not speaking of an earthly father, but I'm talking about a heavenly father. Amen. That's why I wanted to read Isaiah 9 and 6. Read it again, Brother Goff, if you would. For unto, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the and government is going to be on his shoulder. And his, his name, name shall, shall be called, called wonderful, wonderful Counselor, the, the Mighty God. God. Now listen. The, the everlasting, everlasting father. father. You know what he's saying right there? He's saying, I want all all of you children to know you don't ever have to worry about daddy being gone I'm the everlasting father I'm not just the father during good times I'm not just the father amen while things are going well I'm your father all the time I'm the everlasting father I'll be your father tomorrow I'll be your father next year I'll be your father amen when they're about to carry you to the grave I'm still gonna be your father he is the everlasting father Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's not going to abandon us. Did you hear what I said? 
He's not going to abandon us. Now listen, unlike many earthly fathers today, I want to assure you that whenever God makes a promise, he'll keep it. He'll keep it. If God makes a promise, he's going to be there. He's going to make sure he keeps his word. Oh, praise God. I feel like preaching today. Amen. Amen. Listen, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says this. For all the promises. All. Everyone say all. all. Everyone say all. 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 Read. The promises of now, God in now him. Now How many promises? All. How many promises? All. all the promises of God are. In him are yea, are yea. and in him, and in amen. Him they are amen, or so be it. Unto the glory, Unto the glory of, God, of God, by God by us. Here's what the apostle said. He said, every promise God makes, it's yes. Yes, he's going to do it. If he promised it, yes, he's going to do it. Amen. If he promised it, amen. So be it. It will come to pass. If God said it, he's not an earthly father. Amen. That makes promises he can't keep. He's not an earthly father. Amen. That's going to get discouraged because there's bad times. He's not an earthly father that's going to walk away because he's not satisfied. Amen. I'm telling you, amen. He makes promises and he keeps those promises. Because the God we serve cannot lie. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18. That by two, two immutable things. things. In that which it was impossible. It was, it was what? Impossible. It was what? Impossible. It was what? Come on somebody. I want you to get a revelation of this today. It was impossible for, for God, God to lie. Amen. That we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. I'm telling you this. It's impossible for God to lie. He gives us that consolation. He is our refuge. Amen. He has given us a hope and he's made a promise and it's impossible for him to lie. Amen. 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 I'm not going to take time to read it today. Amen. But you can go to Proverbs 6 and you'll see God lays out seven things that he really hates. Now I know there's a church out there that teaches people about the seven deadly sins. But you want to know what the real seven deadly sins are? You, you, you just go to the book of Proverbs. Amen. Chapter 6 and verses 16 through 19 and you'll find out. Well, you know what? I said I wasn't going to read it, but I apologize. I'm going to have, I'm going to have Brother Golf read it anyhow. You need to know what the seven real deadly sins are. Listen, listen to what he says here. Proverbs chapter 6, beginning with verse 16, read. These six things doth the These Lord hate. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven, yea, seven are, an are an abomination unto him. him. That means they are loathsome to him. That means that if God was a man, he hates them so fiercely, it would make him sick to his stomach. That's how much God hates these seven things. What are they? Read, Brother Goff. A proud look. A proud look, number one. A lying tongue. A lying tongue, number two. And hands that hands shed, innocent, shed blood. innocent blood. A heart, a heart that devises, that wicked, devises imaginations. wicked imaginations. Feet that be Feet swift that be and run into mischief. A false, a false witness, witness that speaketh lies. That speaketh lies. And he that, and he that discord sows discord among, among brethren. Now listen, there are seven things that God really hates more than anything. And two of the seven involve lying. I'm going to tell you, God doesn't lie. God hates lies. God detests lies. So friend, if God 
said he's going to be there, then he's going to be there. If God said he's going to take care of you, then he's going to take care of you. If he said, amen, he'd never leave you, then friend, he's not going to leave you because he hates lies. Well, hallelujah. So, so let's, let's look at something here for just a few minutes about this father, this everlasting father. When he makes a promise, it's yea and it's amen. When he makes a promise. So let's talk about a promise here. Amen. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Now Jesus says, I'm sending the promise of my father. My father's made a promise. The father made a promise. I said, the father made a promise. And Jesus said, I'm going to send, I'm going to send that promise upon you. You just go to Jerusalem and you wait until it happens. Now we go from there to Acts chapter 1 and verse 4 and see where Luke again records Jesus talking about this promise. Acts 1 and 4. And being assembled together with them. Being assembled together with them. Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Not depart from Jerusalem. But wait. But wait. For the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. Which saith saith ye have heard of me. You have heard of me. Amen. Now, just before. He ascended into heaven. Jesus informed his disciples that the Father had made a promise and they should expect that promise to come to pass. Amen. God made a promise and he will keep his promise. Now I know I'm preaching to a bunch of people who understand what the promise of the Father is, but I want you to stay with me for just a few minutes because I want to show you something about this promise here today that maybe you have not yet considered. Amen. Amen. I know that you understand, most of you understand how that promise was fulfilled. Amen. Praise God. But I wonder if you really know, amen, what the promise really was. Not just how it was fulfilled, but what was the promise itself? Now, now uh, that, that may not make sense to you, but, but let, me, let, me, let me see, amen, let me, let me see if I can help you to understand something. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 again, and this time let's read verses 4 and 5, where he explains a little bit about this promise of the Father. Read Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. And being assembled together being assembled with them, with, together with them, commanded them commanded that they, them, should they should not depart, depart from Jerusalem, from Jerusalem but, wait but wait for the promise, for the of, the promise Father, of the Father, which saith which he, saith he ye have heard you have heard of me, for John for, truly for, baptized, or because John truly baptized, baptized with water, but ye you shall, shall be, baptized be baptized with the Holy, with the Ghost, Holy Ghost, not many days, not hence. many days hence. Amen. We know that the promise was fulfilled. Here, the Bible says, Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. And then he identifies, amen, how it was fulfilled by saying you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. This is reiterated in Acts chapter 2. Amen. Let's read verse 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, yes. which ye now see and hear. Yes. Now, having received of the Father the promise, the, ever say the promise. 
you receive the promise of the Holy Ghost. And he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. And again, uh, Peter connects this in verses 38 and 39. Read. Then Peter said unto them, uh-huh. repent, repent and be baptized, be baptized. Every, one every one of you, of you in, the in the name of Jesus Christ, Christ for the remission, for the remission of, of, sins. of sins. And you, you shall, shall receive, receive the, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Of the Holy Ghost for, for the, the promise, promise is, unto is unto you and to, and your, to your children, children even and to as all many. that are far off. Yes, even as many, even Lord as our many. God shall call. Yes, and so there's no question that the way God kept his promise was by giving the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how he kept the promise. Amen. But what was the promise? The Holy Ghost is how he kept it. But what was the promise itself? Now, again, that may not make much sense. Let me, let me put it this way. If, 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 I told, if I told Jerome, Jerome, I promise you I'm going to provide transportation for you to get to work every time you need to go. And for you to get to church. Where you're not going to have to depend upon your brother. I'm going to provide you a transportation. If that's the promise that I make. Now there's a lot of ways that I could fulfill the promise. The promise is to provide transportation. Now I could fulfill that by hiring Uber to make sure that they just show up on time. Or, or I, could, I could fulfill that. Amen. By, uh, by getting somebody else that works on the job. Pay them to go by and pick him up. Or I could fulfill it by buying him a car. A lot of ways I could fulfill the promise. But the promise was I'm going to provide transportation. And the way it would be fulfilled, if I buy him a car, that's how it was fulfilled. The car was how I fulfilled the promise. The car was not the promise. The promise was transportation. Are you with me? So he said he's going to give you the promise of the Father. And then he talks about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was how it was fulfilled. But what was the actual promise? Well, let's look at it here. John chapter 14 and verse 16. Listen to this. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another He's going to give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Here is the promise, everlasting abiding comfort. This is the promise, amen. The promise is I'm going to be with you, amen. I'm going to give you, amen, abiding comfort. It's going to be there forever. That's the promise. Well, hallelujah, amen. We see the very next verse. He shows us again how it was fulfilled. Verse number 17. Even the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth whom, the whom the world cannot receive, cannot receive because, because it seeth him not, him not neither, neither knoweth him, him. But, but you know him, for he, for he dwelleth, dwelleth with you, with you and shall, and be, shall in you. be in you. Amen. And then what did he say in verse number 18? I will, I will leave not you leave you comfortless. I will, come, I to will come to you. Amen. I'm telling you, this is the promise. There's going to be a comforter that's going to come and it's going to carry you. It's going to be with you everywhere you go in your dark hours in your lonely hours in your sick hours amen in your poor times amen no matter what you're going through i'm gonna make sure you've got somebody there that's gonna be with you always that's the promise amen and he fulfilled it by sending the holy ghost He wasn't just promising to see to it they'd be comforted. 
he was promising to be their abiding comfort. Are you understanding me today? He was in effect uh, promising that no matter where his children go, he would always be there with them. That's why I'm saying to you, amen, he is the everlasting father. He meant the everlasting father. I'm going to be with you all the time. I'm going to be with you in every situation. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to kick you out. I'm not going to cut you off. I'm going to be your father throughout eternity. Hallelujah. His promise was that he would everlastingly be your father at all times in all circumstances in every way he will be your father forever hallelujah he said i'm going to be with you I'm going to be with you. Praise God. Now, I've got a whole list of scriptures here, and we probably won't read the whole scripture unless we have to wait till it says it in the end, but, but just follow along quickly here. I want to tell you, and I cut a bunch of these out. I'm telling you, I must have had a page and a half of scriptures, uh, and I decided, no, I don't need to read all those. You'll get the point before I ever get through all that. Amen. But all of these scriptures say the same thing. God is making us promise after promise out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. But what if I've got about 25 or 30 witnesses I'm telling you, God was driving a point home. God was trying to make us understand something. Let's listen. Genesis 26, verse 3. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee. I will be with thee. Let's go to Genesis 31, 3. And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. I will be with thee. Exodus 3, verse 12. And he said, Certainly, Certainly, I will be with thee. I will be with thee. Deuteronomy 31, 8. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. Yes, and he, he will, be, will be with thee. Go ahead and read the rest of that. And he will not, he fail, will not thee, fail thee, neither forsake, neither forsake thee, thee, fear not, neither, be dismayed. neither be dismayed. Amen. Joshua 1 verse 5. There shall not, there any, shall not man be any man able be able to stand before thee, thee all the days of thy life. Why? Read. As I, As was, with I Moses, was with Moses, so I will be, so with, thee. Will be with thee. I will, will not, not fail thee, thee nor, nor forsake, forsake thee. thee. Hallelujah. Judges chapter 6 verse 16. And the Lord said, the unto, Lord him, said unto him, surely I will, surely be, with I will be with thee. First Kings eleven thirty eight. And it shall be if, it shall be hearken if you'll hearken unto all, to all that I command thee. thee We'll walk, we'll walk in, my, in ways, my ways and do, do that, that which is right in my sight to keep, to keep my statutes and my commandments as, as David, David, my servant, my servant did. Listen, I will, be, I will be with thee. Amen. And even into the New Testament, Acts chapter 18 and verse 10, listen to what he said. For I am, For with, I thee. am with thee. And no man shall sit on thee to hurt thee. I wish somebody would get a revelation today that the Lord over and over and over said, I'm not getting out of here. I'm not leaving you i'm not letting you go you may not feel my presence you may not know where i'm at but you hang on to this my friend i'm still with you i'm still with you i'm not a father that abandons his children i'm not walking out on my family i'm gonna take care of my kids i'm gonna see that my children have got everything they need oh god i wish my voice would hold out today hallelujah if there's anything we ought to recognize, amen, it is that, that God is with us. 
Now that rings a bell, Brother Goff. When I say God is with us, that rings a bell. Let's go over to Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Listen to this, Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Mm -hmm. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. A virgin's going to conceive. And bear a son. And bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel. And his name is going to be Emmanuel. Now what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you, the angel gave us the interpretation in Matthew 1 and 23. Listen to what he said. Behold, a virgin Behold, shall a be virgin with child. He's going to be with child. Shall bring forth a son and shall call, call his name Emmanuel, Emmanuel which, which being interpreted is God with that's us. That's his name. That's his name. That's his character. That's his nature. That's who he is. That's what he is. Hallelujah. He is God with us. He's our everlasting. Oh, I feel this today. He's our everlasting father. Whatever you're going through, my friend, whatever you're experiencing, he's still your father. He still cares about you. He's still got his hand on you. He's still watching over you. Oh, hallelujah. My Lord. Amen. Amen. His name is God with us. He is right there all the time. We may not feel him. Even when I can't see him, he's working. Even when I can't feel him, he's working. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to preach to somebody today. Quit feeling sorry for your situation and understand that your father is there. He didn't walk out on you. He didn't leave you. He's not that kind of father. He is there. He's God with us. He's the everlasting father. David understood it. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though Yea, I walk through the valley, through of, the the valley shadow of, death, of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm not afraid of anything. For thou art with me. Wait, why is he not afraid? Why is he not afraid? For what? Not, for thou art with me. For what? For thou art with for me. For what? For thou art with me. I may be in the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm not afraid of anything because I got a hold of daddy's hand. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, I remember as a boy, I thought my daddy could do anything. I thought my daddy could beat up anybody. My daddy could take down a whole army if he had to. I'm telling you, it didn't matter. I might be afraid. There might be noises outside my room. There might be something scratching on my window. But if I could just get to the presence of my daddy, I knew everything was going to be all right. I knew my daddy would take care of me. And that's what David said. Even when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid of anything because daddy's right there he's still my father amen I, even though i'm in the valley he's still my father amen. hallelujah david recognized this ezekiel recognized this amen listen to what he said ezekiel 48 verse 35 and it was round 18,000 measures. Uh -huh. And the name of the, the city name. from that, that day city, from shall, that be, shall be. The Lord is here, is Jehovah, there. Jehovah Shammah. That's the Hebrew, Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Or, or literally, the Lord is present. 
Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that's the city that we're living in right now as the saints of God. I'm not talking about a physical city, but a spiritual city. We're in that city where he's Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. We may not see him. We may not hear his voice. We may not feel those goosebumps while we're sitting in church and everybody else is getting a blessing. But listen to me, my friend. He's still your father. He didn't walk away. He didn't lay down his rights. He hadn't signed you over. He hadn't given you up for adoption. He's still your father. Father, he's the everlasting father. Yes, sir. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You know who they were? Yeah. Yeah, we usually call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That, that, those names glorify false deities. The Babylonians gave them those names. But their real names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which were names that glorified the God of heaven. And that's why the Babylonians wanted to change their name. Amen. Praise God. But Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah found out, even in the fiery furnace, Daddy's still there. <laughs> well... We'd probably be wondering when they open that furnace up, we're saying, okay, when you coming, God? It gets so hot that the men who's going to throw you in there are consumed with the heat. You're saying, all right, God, when you're going to show up? Somebody picks you up and tosses you into the belly of the flames. You're saying, all right, God, when you coming? But it didn't take long before they're down there. They were thrown inbound. But the Bible says when Nebuchadnezzar looked, they were walking loose. And there wasn't just three of them. Are you hearing me today? Nebuchadnezzar didn't just see three in that fiery furnace. You want to know why? Because daddy showed up. Now, he didn't show up to save them out of the fire, but he showed up to keep them in the fire. That's where some of us get it all wrong. We think God ought to spare us from any of the flames. But I'm going to tell you, he will spare us, but sometimes he'll let the flames rage around us, but he's still keeping us. We're still coming through. Hallelujah. Amen. I like what you said, Brother Nelson. Here's another Father's Day, and I'm still in the church. And the reason why you're still in the church, because Daddy didn't leave you. That's why. Daddy didn't abandon you. Daddy didn't, didn't walk off in your tough times, in your difficult times, in the times, amen, even when you forgot about him. And I'm not saying every one of us have done it. We've all grown cold from time to time. But even when we grow cold, and even when our faith starts to shake, he's still my daddy. He's still my father. He is still the one that's watching over me. And he's not going to leave me. King said, Daniel, you've been praying? Yes, sir. Three times a day? Yes, sir. You know about the law? Yes, sir. Now, listen, the king loved Daniel. He really did. He had elevated him. He didn't want to do this. But the law was the law. And the law of the Medes and Persians couldn't be changed. And the king had done a very stupid thing in signing that law without finding out the reason for the law. Sounds like a lot of legislature. We got to pass it so we can find out what's in it. Lord, help me. I don't want to get political this morning. 
kind of what the king did. I'm going to pass the law, and then I'll find out what's in it. Well, what's in it is you just condemned one of your best men to be thrown to the lions. That's what's in it. He didn't want to. In fact, he stayed awake all night. He couldn't even sleep. He's so worried. The next morning early, he goes running down to the pit, and he hollers, Daniel! It's the God you serve able to keep you from the lions. Now, I wonder, I, you know, I don't know that Daniel had a mischievous streak about him. I got a feeling I know what I'd have done. I'd probably wait a little while. Not answered for a few minutes. Let the king sweat it for a while. So he'll think twice before he passes another one of these stupid laws. I don't know that Daniel did that. I'm just telling you what I probably would have done. But at some point, Daniel spoke up and said, O king, live forever. The God that I serve sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that day, that day, those lions went on a Daniel fast. They were fasting Daniel. Praise God. Amen. They weren't going to eat Daniel that day. I'm going to tell you, God was watching out. Amen. God sent an angel down there. That's my boy down there. That's my boy. That's my boy down there. I, I, I got to take care of him. You lions, you just close your mouth. I'm not going to let you eat him. I'm not going to let you devour him. Well, now the Bible says the angels shut their mouths. I, I, I don't know how that works. I don't know if they use some kind of heavenly gorilla glue or what. I don't know what they did. But somehow, I just imagine those lions trying to roar, but their mouths were shut. Their mouths were shut. Not a thing they can do. Not a thing they could do until they got Daniel out of there. And then they threw in those men that wrote the law. Wouldn't, never mind. I'm trying not to get political. Praise God. So, so I'm just telling you, here's what Daniel found out. He found out he may not keep me from going into the lion's den, but he'll sure keep me while I'm there. Oh, some of you need to understand, he's the everlasting father. He's the everlasting father. Hallelujah. That's why David could walk out there on the battlefield while he's just a strapling of a boy, just a young man. History says maybe about 16 years old looking up at this nine foot giant uh, amen, who's mocking the armies of God and David's not afraid. Amen. He's not worried. He's not scared. You know why? Because daddy's standing there with him. And when you compare Goliath to daddy, Goliath excuse the poor grammar but Goliath ain't nothing. We're talking about a God who measures the seas in the span of his hand. Well, hallelujah. You're talking about a God that has his throne in heaven and uses the earth as his footstool. What is a nine-foot man to a God that big? Well, hallelujah. Amen. That's like, you know, you're at school and you might be the little, uh, little weakling there and some bully starts picking on you, but let daddy walk up behind you. Yeah. 
And then that bully doesn't look so big. And he doesn't look so tough. Is anybody hearing me today? That's what was going on with David. All of his brothers and all the other soldiers out there hiding because they didn't know about the daddy that would be a close friend like David did. But he'd already found out. When the lion came out, daddy stepped up. When the bear came out, daddy stepped up. Oh, hallelujah. And David said, it's not going to be any different. The same God that delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear is going to deliver me from you, you uncircumcised Philistine. Isn't it interesting? He didn't call him a giant. Because compared to God, he wasn't a giant. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to you today about the everlasting Father. Paul and Silas get thrown in prison. Now let me use my imagination a little bit. All right? I don't even know what time it is. I've got to quit here pretty quick. Let me use my imagination just a little bit. But Paul and Silas just trying to do what God told them to do. They went to Macedonia because of a vision they had. God specifically sending them to Macedonia. And then they just cast the devil out of a girl and end up beaten and in prison. And at midnight... They prayed and sang praises. And the prisoners heard them. They weren't doing this under their breath. They weren't whispering. They made sure the whole jailhouse heard what was going on that day. And suddenly, the Bible says there came an earthquake. You know what I think it was? This is my imagination. I'm going to tell you, somebody else heard that singing going on. Somebody else heard that praying going on. And daddy said, hey, wait a minute. They got two of my boys down there. And he came running. And brother Self, with every footstep that God made, that jailhouse just began to shake. Hallelujah. Amen. Every time God's foot came and touched the ground, the jailhouse shook a little bit more. And God started running their way. And when he did, amen, that building began to quake. Amen. The earth began to quake. I'm telling you, God got up off of the throne, got his feet off the footstool, began to stomp his feet a little bit. He said, you let my boys go. You're not going to hurt them. I'm preaching about the everlasting Father. All right, I'm nearly done. I'm nearly done. Amen. Musicians come. Matthew 28, verse 20. This is what he said to us. Teaching them to observe all things. To observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you. you and, And lo, I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. I am with you always. He's the everlasting Father. I'm with you always. There's not a time that He's not there, there's not a time that He's not around. I'm with you always. Even though it seems the whole world is coming to an end. When you think there's no way I can survive another day, he's still with you. He's still with you. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you today. I want you to understand he's the everlasting father. Not just a father for a night. He's the everlasting father. He didn't just beget you. 
He didn't just let you be born again. But he's right there with you. Every moment. Every second. Of every minute. Of every hour. Of every day. Of every week. Of every month. Of every year. Oh friend I'm telling you. He's the everlasting father. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content, be content. with such things as be you have. Be content with what you've got. For he have because said, he said, I will never leave I thee. will never leave you. Nor forsake thee. You may not have everything you think you want, but you've got everything you need. Because he said, I'll never leave thee. I'm not walking away from my children. I'll never leave thee. And I'll never forsake thee. Let's stand this morning. Let's lift our hands. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm preaching about the everlasting Father today. The Father that's with you all the time. In every circumstance. In every situation. He's right there. He's right there. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't we come gather around the front? We've got a few minutes yet. Hallelujah. Let's come gather around the front. Why don't we thank Him for being the everlasting Father. Thank Him that He's never going to walk away from us. He's never going to abandon us. He's never going to forsake us. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we have a heavenly Father. Oh, yes. And a heart full of love. And He really cares. He really cares. Cast your cares on Him because He cares for you. He's the everlasting Father.